Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of the Steelers Preview. Joining me as always, Brian Anthony Davis, the podcast producer, and Dave Schofield, the other co-editor of the website. I just pulled a really good That's What She Said joke before we went on the air. That's why they're laughing. It was perfectly timed. Nonetheless, Brian, how's it going? You know what? This is great because what people, and I, I hope they realize this when they watch us, when BTSC Nation sees the three of us together, we're friends. We're buddies. We love, we we talk after the shows, we talk before the shows, and it was a genuine, genuinely great, that's what she said. So, <laughs> I, this is, this is always so much fun to gather with you guys, so it's like being with my buddies at the bar. It's cheers. Everybody knows your name, and you can call me Norm since I'm the really big guy that uh, well, I don't drink beer, but you know, <laughs> well, I guess I'm Cliff. But we've go. talked about that before. Cliff Clavin, Dave Schofield. Welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going. I mean, some people call me a Cliff, but most people think I'm too nerdy and intellectual and they try to say I'm more like a Frazier. I don't know, but uh, no, things are good. Um, good to be with you guys, even though we're a little bit later tonight. That's my fault. Um, had, my son had his last basketball practice for the season tonight, so um, hopefully then next week we don't have to wait on me quite as long. No, nah, it's okay. I do want to let the fans of the show know that uh, we are essentially – we've got a lot of people ask about the the after party, which is something we used to do. We used to do the after party, and we would cut this show, and they would start another one, and basically just do – a crazy off the wall stock. Like we didn't talk about the Steelers. What we're gonna do is um we're gonna try this again maybe next week, but instead of cutting the show, we're just gonna have a last segment. And if you all if you want to stick around, you can. We'll talk about that next week. But I want to let you all know there have been a lot of people in the live chat that have said, When's the after party coming back? It is in the works. Be patient, you'll get it. All right. We have a long off season. Ahead, That's what so. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, all right. Let's talk about the Steelers. That's what everyone's here for. And the news this week was obviously it's been talked about ad nauseum, Ben Roethlisberger and uh, the the statement from Art Rooney and then uh, Ben Roethlisberger's agent, Ryan Tolner, comes out. I mean, it is literally PR after PR move from both sides of the table. And the thought was, is that Ben's going to come back? I think we can all say that we think Ben's going to come back. I, I would have said that even before Ben's statement from Ryan Tolner and everything else. But the question is, is, is bringing back Ben Roethlisberger a sentimental move? That's a tough question. We'll go with you, Brian. What do you think? Wow, this is really tough for me. You know, I kind of think in a way it is. I just don't think they're ready to cut ties with Ben Roethlisberger. Now, this does not mean that they don't believe that Ben Roethlisberger can get them to the Super Bowl because they would not bring them back if they didn't have some kind of some kind of thought that he can still get them to the promised land. So that's what I'm thinking here. But I keep on thinking of the 1990s, the early Boston Celtics, when they held on to Larry Bird, you know, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, Dennis Johnson. They, they kept those guys around way too long. And it makes me think about that. Are they keeping Ben around because they, they're they not ready to just tear that bandaid off real quick? And they're not ready. They're trying to delay the in- inevitable. So it feels like it feels like 60-40 with 60 being more of a sentimental move that 
I really still think that there's part of them that thinks that, oh, it's going to work. But that was kind of last year, too. And we saw what happened with that. I'm not poo-pooing the move. I'm just saying that it feels sentimental. Okay, what about you, Dave? What do you think? I don't know if it's as much sentimental as it is just familiarity. You can have familiarity without sentiment. I, I don't know, but it probably is some sen- sentiment. It's. I'm surprised Brian didn't go into the great big story about you know, you know it's 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 it, it's the girl that you you know you dated on and off, but you've been really good friends the whole time, and you just don't know because you just have that connection there, and you just don't know that you want that to really go away. I'm not going to do it justice. I was just waiting for Brian to do something like that. I, I don't know that that's the case. They know what they have in Ben Roethlisberger, and sometimes it's, you know, the more you know um, um, about a situation, that it's 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 more the familiarity and that they think they know what they can get. Um, I didn't feel any any sentimental ties when it came to Kevin Colbert's talk about stuff. So, like you said, he was the bad cop. So I. I don't know. I'm, I'm the, the verdict's kind of out on it. I'm, I'm going to say no. I just think they, that they like the familiarity. And then when it's time, I, I think they just don't think it's time yet. They don't think it's time yet. And I don't know that it's for sentimental reasons. I don't think they're sentimental at all. I they, Look at Heinz Ward. Look at Troy Polamalu. They, those are two players that would have had sentiment with them. They would have, it would have been a sentimental situation. And they basically told him, look, you're done here. If you want to play somewhere else, you can, but you're not, you're not playing here. Now Roethlisberger's a different, it's a quarterback. I understand that. I think this is financial more than it is sentimental. In other words, they could kick him to the curb, but they're going to have to eat all that that cap space, if you're going to have to pay money to a guy, you might as well get at least one more year out of him. And let's be honest, does he not give them the best chance to win? And I'm not talking about a Super Bowl at this point. I'm just saying, does he not, out of the quarterbacks on the current roster, give them the best chance to win football games? Yes or no, Brian? Yes, he absolutely right now probably gives them the best chance. And to answer Dave's question real quick, the reason I didn't go for something like that is because (laughs) – this leads into what Jeff was saying too. They don't have the hot side piece. They don't have somebody <laughs> hot waiting in the wings. You know, it's not there. So, you know, M- Mason Rudolph is is the friend that uh, drives you to school and buys you breakfast and does your English homework. That's that's kind of what that is. So they're not ready to move on to him. Dave, what about you? What are your thoughts on that? Is he give them best chance to win? Okay, I'm, I'm glad you reset the question because Brian got me so distracted there. I had to <laughs> Does he give them? I would say he gives them the best odds. You're like, wasn't that the same thing? I'm like, yeah, kind of. Meaning, you don't know what you really you don't even. After 2019 and the one game from 2020, you don't know that you could depend how much you could depend on Mason Rudolph. You definitely don't know what you have in, in Dwayne Haskins. Maybe you have something great, but you don't, you're not counting on that. Ben gives you he gives you more of the of the certainty. Not that it could be through the roof, but I th- things are just more certain with him than it would be someone else. Could could some could one of those other two, two guys you know explode onto the scene if given to the chance? Absolutely, but you know what you haven't been until it runs out of the tank, and they don't think that it, the tank has run out yet. Although a lot of Steeler Nation 
does. Okay, so listen, I'm getting kind of fed up here, not with you all, but more so the fan base. I understand that everyone has a very dejected and jaded thought on the Steelers after losing five of their last six and losing in the playoffs the way they did. I get it. But are we forgetting the first 10 games when people were saying Roethlisberger should be in consideration for comeback player of the year and even most valuable player? He's not going to win it, but at least he might get a vote because he's never had a vote in his entire career. I don't think that his play, the whole offense literally went to crap. I don't think it was all number seven. I guess to me, I'm thinking, my goodness, did we forget all of that? And does that not count anymore? Because it does for me. He's still capable of making the plays. And I'm going to go all the way back to last offseason when he is literally rehabbing his elbow. He's not really able to get himself ready. There was no preseason. I feel like this offseason, if he comes back, because it's not a guarantee yet, if he comes back, then he absolutely will have an offseason to prepare himself to get his arm right, to get his head right, to get his body right. And then we hope that this offseason is a little bit more normal with preseason games, with mini camps, with OTAs. Get him in there. He'll he'll be able to actually work on the, the Canada offense and not just be thrust at, you know, weird situation with training camp in Heinz Field last year. Are we all forgetting the fact that he played some really good football last season? Brian, I'll let you go. For the most part, we are. But uh, with all due respect, Jeff, are you forgetting the four interceptions and uh, being anemic against the Bengals? And because uh, you, you were de- sure you were dealing with some drop passes, but there a lot of the fan base, if I'm going to step into their shoes and their mindset here, what I'm thinking is that they are thinking about that game against Cleveland with all of the interceptions. And I, look, the furious comeback in the second half, I get. But that was allowed to happen because they were so far behind, you know. So uh, that's that's the thing about it. There's a, uh, yeah, he was amazing during those eleven games. But in the last five, he wasn't as amazing as he was in the first eleven. Lots of problems around him, I get, but people aren't forgetting that either. Okay, Dave, what are your thoughts? It's kind of one of those deals where. The last thing in our mind is what we think is how it is going forward. I kind of I brought this up in my letter to the editor this past weekend. You know, we've kind of it's been over six weeks now since the Steelers played, and we kind of have changed how how we look at the whole last season based on our own narrative in our own mind, and rather and not as much on the Steelers' play on the field. But even I know I was guilty this last year. I brought it up in in the letter. The last game I saw Benny Snell run the football last year was week 17 against the Ravens. And in the first half, he was running great until the Steelers' fourth-string quarterback fumbles the ball away and gives him a late touchdown in the first half. And the game's out of reach that they can't even really do what they wanted to do in the second half. I look at how he ran there, and that's how I was looking at him going forward. And I needed to look more at the whole body of work. And we do that sometimes. We're, we're looking at that last game. We're like, but yes, it was the Steelers' most important game. Absolutely. Because the post, every game in the postseason is more important than any other game you could have. But if we really want to evaluate overall play, we really need to look at this. I'm going to ask you guys a question. How do you feel about those Green Bay Packer fans who right after they lost the NFC Championship game was saying, Aaron Rodgers is done. We need what's his name, Love. 
Jordan Love. Jordan Love. We yeah. need Jordan Love right now. Rodgers needs to be cut before they get back to when well, they were in Green Bay. Before he gets before he gets out of the locker room. Now we look at him. MVP. The, M- the MVP of the league. <laughs> what do we think of how ridiculous that reaction was by Packers fans? You know, there's a lot of fan bases that are looking at the Steelers in the same way with Ben, even though it was spread out a little bit longer. So that maybe we're a little bit too emotional about it. Let's go back. Let's look at the whole body of work. Maybe that is the Ben Roethlisberger moving forward, what we saw in the playoff game last year. That might be it. Maybe those last six games are what what he is, and maybe it's not. So, which is funny. I I just said he's the most certain with what they got out of all the quarterbacks, and we're still not certain what we have with him. He is like its own enigma. You can create any narrative you want with Ben Roethlisberger's 2020 season. You can make excuses. You can point to the good, and you can point to plenty of the bad, and it literally is whatever you want the narrative to be. So whether you have a microphone in front of your face or whether you're tapping away on your keyboard, if you want to talk about how Ben Roethlisberger should be let go, focus on the last half of the season, seven interceptions in the last whatever, however many games. We know the playoff performance, all that stuff. But then if you want to say, well, he still did play well, you can go back to the first half. It literally is, it's a very unique beast in Ben Roethlisberger's season last year and him moving forward. Brian, anything to add? No, you know what? I am I am in the camp that I'm ready to keep Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. But if I'm looking at it with 2020 vision, and yeah, there's a pun in there too, 2020 vision, because it was so 2020 was so blurry last year. Yeah. And we don't know what we're looking at, but there were so many tales of two halves with the Steelers that uh, that make people worry. Steel Dog 88 gives us $5. He said, does it make it worth it if we fizzle out and have to re- have a repeat of last season? I think that right now, where we're sitting right now, that there's very few fans, even if Roethlisberger comes back, that views the Steelers as preseason Super Bowl contenders. Am I right? Anyone agree or anyone disagree with that? Silence says it all. Dave's going to say yes. That do you think they're Super Bowl contenders in the preseason? It's crazy because you know I I don't watch all these talking head shows and things like that with the NFL, but I see clips of them on Twitter, and sometimes I'll I'll, I'll do it. And there are people that are like, oh my goodness, what is wrong with the Steelers? Why would they bring back Ben Roethlisberger? There are other places. I'm pretty sure it was Good Morning Football. I can't remember which one of them said it. Said um, this puts the Steelers back in the mix with everything for next year, having Roethlisberger. That's how some of them felt. So I'm a I'm in between, if you know what I mean. But at the same time, you got to look at it. You, the offense was bad late, whether it be scheme, whether it be ability. The offense was bad. It's got to be different, and it does. Different doesn't have to be Ben Roethlisberger. Different can be other things. It's already different in offensive coordinator. It's going. You know, we're hoping that it's going to be different with some other key issues like offensive line. You know, whether it's a new running back or a different philosophy in the running game, how they're going to do it. It needs to be different. It can't just be more of the same. And so many people think that more of the same is, oh, Roethlisberger's more of the same. Not necessarily. You can do a lot of different things around him and still have that same quarterback. We'll see if it works. Well, you know, Isaac said this, and he didn't give us a super chat, but he's a longtime listener of the program. He said, a lot of people don't want Ben to walk because they're too attached to him. You got to do what's good for the Steelers. And so this is what the, the next question is for me. 
Is this good for the Steelers if Ben Roethlisberger returns? Is it actually good for the organization? Think about it from that lens. Think about it from that. Look through it with that lens. Is it good for the organization for Roethlisberger to be back? Brian, what do you think? In my own mind, I'm actually thinking it is. I, you know, I'm glad he's back for that reason because, like Dave said earlier, like you've alluded to, it when you asked that question, does it give you the best chance to win? Uh, and I, I really think it does. So it goes back to that. We don't believe in Mason Rudolph, and probably, and this is something that I've already put in for factor fiction. This is probably uh, meaning the end for Mason Rudolph unless something happens that he does get playing time next year. But they that means that they don't believe in number two, and so they're sticking with their number one, who's number seven, and that's going to be Ben Roethlisberger. And when they put together a window two years ago, remember we talked about that window big time when they were bringing in guys like Eric Ebron and Stefan Wisniewski and even Chris Wormley, and they were doing a lot of two-year deals last year. When they did that, that was done to get Ben that best position for a ring. So now we've got to see what the front office is going to do. Are they going to look at free agency? Are they going to look at the draft on trying to make it a ring-worthy draft and free agent period for 2021? Because it seems like the window that they put together was a two-year window, and it doesn't extend to 2022. So I can't wait to see the deal that they make with Ben Roethlisberger, but this is a move that keeps them as contenders, I believe, with Dave, as far as that goes. Now, I've been looking at the first power rankings. They have them eighth in the AFC. They have them 12th in the NFL, but eighth in the AFC. So it's really interesting. So, um, And that's the one that I, I read today. So, you know, when you're looking at it, the national media – is going to look at Pittsburgh as dysfunctional and bringing Ben back because um, as a move because he's done and they need to move on. They're going to do that. Steeler Nation, BTSC Nation, they're going to do the same thing. But when you look at it, when you're the bottom line is what you care about the most is 2021, and a lot of you will will uh, will give your right arm for a Super Bowl. Well, that's kind of what they're doing. They're, uh, they're not giving up on that that right arm. And that's what they're doing by bringing back Ben Roethlisberger. I still think it's a little bit of a sentimental move. They're not ready to move on, but they're not ready to move on for a reason. Okay, Dave, let's go back to the question. And that was, is this the best thing for the Steelers organization to have Ben Roethlisberger back? I th- I'm, I'm going to say yes, mainly from a number standpoint, because – if you're going to have 22 and a quarter million dollars tied up in a quarterback that might not even be on the roster, you might as well tie up a little bit more and have them around. That's from the stat person within me. Then you want to look at it. Is Ben the same player he was five years ago? I mean, it, other than the guy that just won the Super Bowl, how many people at this age are the same player that they were five years ago? That, that's not what you expect. But you also got to remember that what he brings is above the neck as well. And you have to have to realize that that works. We, we, you just can't do, like I've been saying, you just can't do the same stuff. You can't do the same thing and have the same philosophy and have to roll out the same people because 
It didn't work down the stretch. Um, you've got to fix problems, but it's not that they're not fixable. It's not that they're not fixable. So Brian said something that I did did want to hit on real quick, and that was he said that it showed that the that the that they had no faith in Mason Rudolph. Or I don't know if he said no faith. I don't know exactly how he said it, but I I I'm not in that camp. This may I don't feel that Mason Rudolph, even though I I thought he was intriguing an intriguing person to draft in the third round, I was in favor of that. I've been a a guy that wanted to see him succeed was. Obviously, did not do as well in 2019 as as we had hoped, but he, I don't. I still don't think that he was ever the guy that was brought in to definitely be the guy. I mean, what Green Bay did last year by trading up in the first round—that's the next guy for them. That's obvious to me. Rudolph was what he was meant to be to be the guy that's there behind and maybe he's the next guy, but doesn't have to be. And there's still a decent chance that he could be called on for part of the next season. Cause you just don't know. Okay. Sean, the Don gives us $5. Thank you very much. He says, do you guys, and this is something I was actually going to bring up next. Do you guys think this is going to hinder on Canada running his offense fully? Ben needs to adapt. I feel we can't run a watered down Canada offense. This is something that I talked about on my, I'm just going to say it, Dave, I apologize. My Let's Ride podcast. That's going to run Friday morning. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Um, and it's, there's a lot of com, there's a lot of complicated factors to the quarterback room this year. And one of them is Canada's offense. Is Ben coming back? If they can't run Canada's genuine offense, is it going to hinder the production of the offense in the long term? And that's that's a question that I can't answer because I don't know what Canada is going to do. He's proven that he can kind of alter his offense based on what he has. Um, I could tell you what the atypical quarterback's like with with him, and I would tell you it's probably like a Jacoby Brissett. who's <laughs> not a Ben Roethlisberger type. Um, but nonetheless, I feel like he can still make it work. Why wouldn't you want a future Hall of Fame quarterback at the helm? You got to make it work. Brian, what do you think about this with the Canada offense? And we don't know what that's going to look like. Let's make that very clear. But with Ben and and no, not knowing what's going on, like, what do you think? I just don't think you will get 100% Canada offense. They have to tailor make it for Ben Roethlisberger to, uh, to work towards his strengths. So Matt Canada is not going to be able to do everything he absolutely wants to do, but if he could make it work for Ben Roethlisberger. And like Dave said last week, that everywhere that he went, he kind of tailor-made it towards the uh, quarterback that was there. So he's adaptable, I uh, but I don't see Ben being adaptable to anything outside of his comfort zone. Dave, your thoughts on that Canada offense factor here? We weren't going to see it all anyway, in my opinion. Um, Fair because enough. it's too hard. I mean... I hate to go back to it. And um, the, um, <laughs> I, you guys have seen the movie Inside Out, right? Yes. Um, I, I, I made a meme whenever Chip Kelly went from the, um, the, the Eagles to the 49ers. And I said, you know, it was the anger one that had said, Congratulations, San Francisco. You just ruined football. First, the <laughs> Eagles, now you. Um, we're, we're like when Chip Kelly came in and he had a very special system, but he had to have the right people and they had to do a major overhaul and it still didn't work. The Steelers know better. 
than to do that. And they said they're going to have to reevaluate how they look at some of these things, you know, with personnel in the future. You don't make that change overnight. That's just kind of like, I mean, that's like going from a 3-4 to a 4-3 and with some of the stuff that they'd be doing. And they already hinted that it was going to be a process before they even said that Ben was coming back. So maybe that was lip service. Maybe it wasn't. I didn't think, I still think it was going to, you were going to see a little bit of a hybrid in there based on their personnel anyway. And they're going to have a season or two to get there. So if that was going to be that way anyway, then that's why I don't think it was that big of a deal with Roethlisberger. But that's just me. I could be completely off. If if the Steelers have a more typical offseason than they did last year with mini camps, with OTAs, with a more traditional training camp, I think that'll also help Roethlisberger a lot. And mm-hmm. even with the Canada system, and, and it's not going to be, like you said, I agree 100%. It's not going to be the full system yet. Not by any way, not, not in any way, shape or form but at the same time i think the wrinkles that they put in he'll be able to adapt to a lot better with more practice and more reps all right last question we're going to stick with the quarterback talk here to finish out the first segment and i want to ask you guys a simple question and you're probably going to laugh at me and that's okay and i know you're probably going to say this is a very black and white clean clear-cut answer i might disagree with you though is the future quarterback of the Steelers currently on the roster. Let's think after 2021 and let's assume that Roethlisberger is done after this upcoming season. So is the future quarterback currently on the roster? Brian, what are your thoughts? That leaves two guys. (laughs) (laughs) If you're talking about a placeholder, maybe, but the future long-term starter, no. But your next starter? Your next starter? I'm wow, that's tough. Um, that changes the question. Yeah, it does change the question. Yeah, I yeah. narrowed um, it a little bit. Yeah, quite possibly they're on the roster. I, I'm still leaning towards. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to say the way they do things. I could see them working with one of those guys to make them the next starting quarterback, and eventually having to give up and bring somebody new in. But right now. It's either – I still don't think it's going to be uh, – it's going to be Mason just because of his contract running out. That that seems – I couldn't see them giving him a new deal. I don't think Dwayne has been brought in for it, but I could see them saying, eh, let's try one of these guys for a year as we figure it out. I hate that move, but that's probably what they're going to do. What about you, Dave? I don't think that just because Rudolph's contract runs out that they don't – find some value in having him stick around as someone who would then, if, if this is Ben's last year, which, you know, we'll still see kind of depends on how he plays. Um, We're probably thinking it it most likely is, but he would be the guy that would have the most experience with the team. So he might see some value in sticking around on, you know, very similar to what they kind of did with Landry Jones, who did stick around for a couple more seasons, at least one after his rookie deal, if you're going to say if 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 you're saying it's the next starter who's the regular starter after Ben Roethlisberger, I'm going to say chances are yes they are on the roster right now. But if you're asking me as the starter for 2025 on this roster right now, I'm going to say no. Meaning I don't see if they have someone other than Ben, I don't know that they're the long term answer. Kind of like what Brian was saying. You all can call me the eternal optimist all you want, mm-hmm. but for me, my gosh. 
I can't stop thinking about Dwayne Haskins as a football player and as a future quarterback of the Steelers. When you pair him and his skill set with what Matt Canada typically likes to do, this was a first-round quarterback. Now, I know that's not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. wrote that article last weekend. <laughs> Every yeah. first-round quarterback taken from 2009 to 2016 is now on a different team or out of the league. That's, a, that's another story altogether. Maybe we'll talk about that in the second segment because I thought it was very interesting. But um, he is a high-pedigree guy. When we used to do shows with Lance, what did Lance always say? There's like five P's. Right? I don't yeah. know how many he had. Pay, pedigree, and something else. He's got the pedigree. And he didn't come from a a, a Mac school like uh, Miami of Ohio. Not that there's anything wrong with Mac schools. Trust me, the Steelers draft enough Mac players for everybody. But still, I mean, this is from the Ohio State. And he was a high-profile player. And you all know, because you all live in Maryland too, is there any organization in the NFL more dysfunctional from top to bottom than Washington? <laughs> No. I am hard pressed to think. <laughs> no. You oh, wait. <laughs> if you wait. want to talk about on field, you can bring up the Bengals. But I'm yeah. talking about the organization from team owner Dan Snyder mm-hmm. all the way on down. They are, in my opinion, the most dysfunctional organization in the NFL. The only mm-hmm. thing they have going for them right now is I do like their head coach. Well, right now, yeah. yeah. But I'm saying like at but the time, over, yes, absolutely. at the time when he was drafted, he couldn't have gone to a worse place than to go to Washington. And Washington threw him out there right away. I don't think the system fit. He didn't probably want to be there. Clearly, I mean, last season, he's out there at the strip clubs during the COVID era and throwing caution into the wind in that regard. He gets himself cut. The Steelers take a flyer on this guy. I, there's no risk in with the Steelers. I just am thinking to myself, if they can get this kid's head right, and that's a big if, I think he has the skill. He has the skill set. And, you know, I've talked about Trey Lance and the rookie that's coming out of North Dakota State and what I like about him. And, you know, he's athletic. He can run. He is a big arm guy. Dwayne Haskins is every single one of those things and then some. But is he accurate enough? Can he read the defenses? And those are questions that only the coaches are going to be able to decipher. But, guys, are you are you buying what I'm selling? Oh. Or are you saying, no, Jeff, you're nuts. You're just a very optimistic guy. Brian, go ahead and tell me I'm wrong or tell me I'm right. I'm buying everything you're selling except for we've got to forget we're forgetting about one thing work ethic and the one of the uh, one of the uh, rubs on this guy is that he did not have a very good work ethic when he came into the I don't know he dropped like 16 pounds from his rookie year to his second year uh, when they asked him to get in shape he came into great shape last year and then for some reason fell out of favor with the organization I'm talking about playbook I'm talking mm-hmm. that he wasn't yeah. willing to study I'm not saying that's going to happen here the guy's got a second chance and when we get second chances we look at that and we're like all right this is this could be the end for me really early if I don't step it out he is in a good environment to step it up in probably probably one of the uh one of the best places with a good staff a great head coach that uh, knows how to relate to his players and works very hard to keep them accountable but is also accountable to them that's what Mike Tomlin does the, he's going to get every opportunity Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh Steelers sometimes for me and you can see this every single when free agents leave, you see them fall off sometimes, but it's 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 a New York, New York type of deal. If you can make it here, you can make it. it 
okay, that that's not working. But <laughs> I, it, it's just going to contradict what I was saying. It came to my head. I'm like, this is good. But this is the place that you can make it. You have every opportunity oh. to make it. And so I just shot myself in the foot. So I'm going to go. I'm gonna oh, Dave, go play. ahead. Okay. Take the baton, Dave. Take the baton. I'll take it. You. Hand it off here, Brian. I'll take it. I won't drop it yet. <laughs> I, I'm buying what you're, what you're saying, Jeff. You are right. The, there's, but there's something about it that you say it's a great chance. In no way I'm not even remotely counting on it. It is not even <laughs> in my mind for 2021 because what this is going to be is this is now you actually have, you have him in an organization. If he can get there and make the squad, he's got to get that far. But if he does, you now actually have a quarterback's coach, which they didn't have two years ago with the Steelers. This is much better. The biggest thing with Haskins was they said that they played him too soon and he needed to get up to speed on stuff. There is, I mean, do you um, look at everything that would have to happen for him to actually have to step on the field and take snaps for the Steelers next year, right? Yeah. There's well, no need. Well, that's why the preseason is important. Yeah, but what I'm saying is there's is that – it was, they said that was the worst thing that happened to him was they thrust him in too soon in Washington. That will not happen again because if he's nowhere, if he's not ready, there's no reason to see what they got. They're not going to do that. He's just never, he's just not going to be with the team anymore. So it's one of those things that's very intriguing. But for all we know, come the second week of September, he's not even with the organization anymore. That's why because they took such a low flyer on him. There is massive reward, hardly any risk, but you can't even, you, you know, you, you can't even say for sure that he's going to be with the team come week one. I like it. We'll see. It's a low risk. It's, it's like you said, it's low risk. Yeah. Low risk. Yeah. Right, hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, if you're on the audio side, you're going to go to part two because I'm going to be throwing some quarter. We're going to keep the quarterback talk going. I'm going to throw these guys some quarterback NFL draft scenarios and see what they would do if they were the Pittsburgh Steelers. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere.